everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host. Guess which one you think I am. I give you two seconds. It's Taylor. Okay, but I do have Ashley. Go ahead, Ashley. Hi, everyone. I am here as well today. Thank you for that introduction. We're currently in Ashley's room. I want you to visualize it. I want you to see it. I want you to see it while you're driving down the road. This is what I'm guessing you're doing right now. Oh, just kidding. It's quarantine. You are probably laying in your bed right now, and you're probably thinking about what you're going to have for your next meal. That was random, but that's what I do when I'm laying in bed anyways. So this is what we have going well, on today. How will they know what our room looks like? Oh, if they watch our YouTube channel. You got to drop the channel right oh, here. You got to fr- drop it. You know what? Okay, everybody. I'm sorry. You heard it from me first. I'm sorry. We do have a YouTube channel. It's called Coffee and Bible Time. We also have another channel called Coffee Girls. If you like to hear us more relaxed, if you like to see us in our natural habitat, yes, that is a channel that you may want to click on. Although I do have a hunch that most of the people that listen to us on our podcast listen to us on Coffee Girls. What do you think, Ash? I don't know. Let's see. So on our newest Coffee Girls video, go comment. And say if you watched this podcast. Yeah, that's a good Or idea. listened to yeah. this podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so today is a fun and exciting day. We are currently on podcast number two of the series on cognitive distortions. If that sounds extremely confusing to you and you're severely off-put, might I recommend that you go back to the last podcast episodes on Hot Firefighters where, yes, I do tell you how I was asked out by a group of young paramedics who were looking to take me on a date. I'm just going to say it. I'm leaving it there. You may want to click on it. But yes, we talk about the first cognitive distortion on there and it is mind reading. Um, But now we're going to get on to this cognitive distortion. I'm so excited because I have Ashley with me. Yeehaw. Um, So today's cognitive distortion, and if you can't remember what a cognitive distortion is, I will remind you, it's simply thinking errors. Cognitive distortions are erroneous patterns or wrong patterns and thinking that leads to negative thoughts, bad feelings, and poor behavior. It can be a huge contributing factor to a lot of people's mental health. That's just a fact. In case you were wondering, no, we are not therapists. We're just telling you things that we've learned and in hopes that you guys will learn something from it just like we did, but we're not experts. Um, so yeah, cognitive distortions can have... Um, really big impacts on your emotions and on your behaviors. And so cognitive distortions can, like when we recognize that we have cognitive distortions, it helps us be able to um, stop us at the thought level. Being self-aware is amazing in any area. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for intervening. I was completely rambling. Okay, so today's is a really great one. And yes, Ashley, I saved it for when you're here because it is a good one. The thing about this, which the topic we're talking about today is something called shoulds. In a sentence, I should do this. It's that, shoulds. So the reason why I picked this with you is because I think perfectionists struggle a lot with this should mentality. Um, But also on the flip side, I think a lot of people that aren't perfectionists also struggle with this, but in a different way. Let me keep on talking. So shoulds. Shoulds is when you interpret behaviors or events as how things should be versus simply on focusing on what is. In other words, 
Shoulds refer to the habit of focusing on what you believe should be rather than what is. It's a thought pattern that puts pressure on yourself without acknowledging the growth that you have already made. For example, let's throw a couple examples out here. Um, I should be able to handle this on my own. Or this shouldn't be happening to me at this age. Um, shoulds can also come in other forms. So for instance, it can be in other phrases like I have to, or I cannot keep, or I cannot stop, or I can't just, or I will never if I can't. So those are just a few of them that I'm throwing out there. Um, let's continue. What I've noticed in my own life, and this is Ashley's first time hearing this too, but I really want to hear your thought patterns later on what you think, but what I've noticed in my own life is that when I get in this shoulds mindset, I do feel a lot of pressure on myself, and it always ends up making me feel like I'm failing in some way or that I'm not good enough, and it brings us down, um, and it ignores, and it does not bring light to all of the progress and growth that we've had, okay? And also, I'm just quickly looking, glancing down at your arm. What's on your arm? It kind of looks like poop. It's cocoa powder. Cocoa powder? Yeah. Oh, it's all up and down. It also kind of looks like you just were playing kickball and you you were running, but you accidentally face-planted and you used your arms as a brakes and it just <laughs> the mud slid up all up and down the arms. Okay. Oh, man. So, but here's what we're trying to do within these podcasts talking about cognitive distortions is talk about how they affect our walk with Christ because errors in thinking do affect, they affect every part of our life. They affect our own internal life. It affects our relationship with others and it affects our relationship with God if we don't keep it in check. And so here are some examples of how this shoulds might affect someone in their walk with God without even realizing it. And you know what? These examples might remind you of your own patterns of thinkings, and it could also remind you of somebody else that you know, because the reality is most of us struggle with things like this, okay? So I have 10 of them. I'm going to rattle off 10 for you. Ashley, this is where you need to listen because I will be asking you a question after, okay? You've had a severe accent this whole time, and I've been wondering, like... Where is this coming from <laughs> the entire episode? You guys, I highly encourage you to go back to another episode and see that Taylor's accent is completely different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can do that after you listen to this episode because it does get juicy. Okay, so here's 10. I'm rattling them off. Okay, these are errors in thinking. These are not good, but they're examples of specifically in the Christian walk what people might be thinking. Okay. Number one, I should be farther along in my Bible than where I'm at right now. Two, something's wrong with me because I should be feeling a stronger connection to God when I read my Bible. Three, why can't I just sit through my quiet time without getting distracted so much? Four, I will never earn God's approval if I can't stop sinning. Five, my Bible should be more marked up by now. Six, I have to work all the time, otherwise I'm being lazy. Seven, I have to pray every night before I go to bed, otherwise God is mad at me. 8. I shouldn't be struggling with this sin anymore. 9. I'll never serve in a leadership position until I have the perfect relationship with God. 10. I should know more about the Bible by now. So those are 10. Wow. Those are really good. They're 10 extremely relatable. relatable. 
extremely relatable. Okay, and my question to you, and you can look off my iPad here, is which one can you relate to the most? The one that I immediately related to the most was, um, well, I feel like I've I've definitely experienced a lot of these, but why can't I just sit through my quiet time without getting distracted so much? I have um, this issue where I literally can't sit still, mm-hmm. and I probably have an attention problem, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. So I have had to work through that, and and that is something that affects me in my quiet time because I have a desire to sit hours before the Lord, but I just get so antsy. Mm-hmm. I get so antsy, and I, like, even this morning I was, like, about to do my, like, Bible reading, and I wrote down two sentences because right now I'm, like, writing down John. I wrote down, like, two sentences, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't. Yeah. I was writing it, and I was like... I'm just so yeah bored right now. And yeah. not to say that God's word is boring, but today required something different. Yeah. And um, what I decided, well, last night I had a really good quiet time before I went to bed. And I'm just realizing I think I want to switch things up and, and do um, just more of a meaty quiet time right before bed. Well, more of a meaty like prayer time because okay. that's when okay. I really feel connected mm-hmm. to the Lord is right before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying is you got to switch things up sometimes. But, you know, I do get that like that pang of guilt sometimes like why can't I just, why can't I just sit through this quiet time? Yeah. And, and do not- you see how the shoulds, the problem with the thinking and the shoulds mentality is it puts guilt and pressure on yourself in the sense of like, even just think about the phrase, why can't I just? Like, can you just imagine yourself sitting there and thinking that to yourself? Like, that's that's putting you're beating yourself you're beating up. yourself up. You're bullying yourself. When you're when your thoughts should be more positive, like, you know what? Right now you're just like I could have said instead of like, why can't you do this? Like, why can't you just sit here for longer? Instead say you know what? God just made me where I'm not, I can't sit somewhere for two hours straight. And I'm just going to take that in a positive way and say, yeah, I'll go on a walk or I'll do this or I'll Mm -hmm. do that Mm -hmm. because that's how God made me. And thank you, God, for making me like Mm -hmm. this. Absolutely. That was good. And you know, I wondered, yeah, you know, I can't sit through my quiet time hardly for a very long time either, but that wasn't the one that I picked out for myself. I did write down some things that I relate to, but the most one that I could relate to was I'll never serve in a leadership position until I have the perfect relationship with God. Um, Which a lot of people, like I've had a lot of girls come up to me and tell me that. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't, I never thought God could use me as a leader Mm -hmm. until like I somehow got thrown into this leadership position and I realized I can yeah. Because the Lord is with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, I feel like a lot of times we have to remember that even in our brokenness, God calls us to minister to people. And the reality is, is that there's never going to be a time that God's not refining us. And there's never going to be a time that God's not purifying our hearts. There's never going to be a time where we're perfect. So if we're in that mentality of, I'm never going to serve in a leadership position until I'm 
I'm perfect then. I mean, obviously, nobody probably says until I'm perfect, but do you get what I'm saying? It goes to extremes. It goes to extremes of it almost becomes an excuse, but um, I did write down a lot of things. Okay. So for the longest time, I did put a lot of pressure on myself to have it all together in my walk with the Lord. And I was scared um, of people knowing that I struggled with sin and mental health. And so I had little patience for myself when it came to my own sin. And I was honestly, to to be honest, mortified of the idea of trying to disciple someone or minister, minister to someone else when I felt like I was missing the mark constantly every day. Um there's a guilt that we attach to ourselves when we feel like we're failing God. And we put this pressure on ourselves to be in a spot in our relationship with God in our quiet time that we just aren't ready to be in, in, in that moment. Um, and we want to dismiss the current season of our life because we just don't see the value in messy parts or we, it's just hard for us to see that God could use um, where we are in our lives. Um, and so what I do is I trick myself into thinking that God would love me so much more if I would just pray more or if I would just read through my Bible in a year or if I would spend two hours in my quiet time in the morning instead of one. And I constantly, if unchecked, am putting myself in a place with God that I should be in or that I imagine I should be in, which is not a right way of thinking because you have to remember that being in the shoulds mentality dismisses all the progress and growth that growth that you made. And it also is dismissing the grace of God. Um, well, I was going to say that all of these really sound like the prosperity gospel. Like, yeah, all when you tell yourself like, God doesn't love me until I get my sin figured out or I can't serve until I'm I'm a perfect person yeah. or I haven't learned enough of the Bible yeah. yet. I haven't read enough of the Bible yet. It's all I feel like what the deeper issue is you're viewing your relationship with God based on off of what you do. Mm-hmm. And and so like if you're viewing that like that, of course you're going to beat yourself up. Of course you're going to be hard on yourself. Of course you're going to have guilt. If you're saying, I need to make it up to this standard in order for God to be proud of me, in order for God to love me, in mm-hmm. order for God to look down and smile at me. Yeah. In reality, God saw you in your deepest, darkest sins, in your worst spot, in the ugliest place you could have ever been in. He saw you, looked at you, and said, you are mine. And I love you. And I want to cherish you. I want to adopt you. I want to redeem you. I want to make you my own. And in that moment when we were in our darkest despair, we could do nothing. Mm-hmm. We were we were in that dark, deep pit, could do nothing to get ourselves out. Yeah. And God looked at us and loved us. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the gospel is. It's not, I'm going to try to climb out of this dark deep pit on my own to get God to love me because in reality when you try to do that you're going to fall back down every time Mm -hmm. you can't do it without the Lord Mm -hmm. and that's what that eating disorder taught me is that I I God loves me for me Mm -hmm. and when I try to make it out of my sin problems on my own I can't I need the Lord yep yeah and he loves me Mm -hmm. and you know what that actually that is exactly what I was about to say um moving down is just that the problem with shoulds is that it's almost like another way of striving. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just another – it's a form of thinking that pitfalls in striving. And so the problem with striving, and I think that a lot of perfectionists are going to relate to this, is 
that it really looks spiritual from the outside. It even sounds spiritual. relatable. Yeah, it sounds spiritual. We we trick ourselves into thinking that striving is like, it's actually honoring to God and that trying hard is earning his favor. Um, But yeah, the reality is that when we strive, we end up getting weary. We get bitter. We don't, we end up not feeling spiritual at all. Um, And in order to stop living in the thriving mindset, we have to begin living in an abiding mindset. Um, And the word abide means to be vitally united to, or it also means to dwell, as in to live. And so I found this amazing article that I just wanted to read off a little bit. Um, It's from innervarsity.org. Um, also, I did um, use another website called PsychPoint. I don't know if you guys care to look that up later. I think that's what the website's called. But yeah, that's what I got um, some other things from. But this is what I'm going to read you. It's about striving and abiding. So the word abiding demonstrates a relationship and a posture rather than effort and action. The beauty of abiding is in the fact that we get to come as we are and simply be with Jesus. John 15 assures us that God is the gardener and vine dresser as well as the vine. We are intricately connected to the vine as the branches off of it. When we're striving, we become severed from the vine and Jesus is clear that we cannot do anything apart from him. God wants to take the withered, weary branches that we are and nourish us, making us strong in Him. He wants to trim our rough, spiky, out-of-control limbs and smooth them out with His love by the power of His Spirit. Why? In order that we may produce long-lasting, God-glorifying, kingdom-advancing fruit. In abiding in Him and remaining consumed by His love, our strength, strategy, plans, and efforts are rooted in partnership with God. He wants us to do life and ministry with Him. The Creator of the universe wants you to partner with Him, not because He needs you, but because He loves you. Our humanness is a constant reminder that we need God all of the time. As humans, we are relatively self-sufficient, but the truth is that we aren't all that. We're limited. We need God not just when we're defeated, weary, weak, in crisis, or stuck, but in every day and every moment. The invitation to abide in God's love is taking a breath of fresh air to me at this time of year. Instead of pressing on, working harder, and trying to do everything in my own power, strength, and strategy, which are ultimately limited and flawed, I get to do every day in, through, and with God. Sitting like Mary at Jesus' feet may feel uncomfortable or counterproductive, but it is in this posture that we can truly discover what Martha was missing out on, being with Jesus. To me, being with Jesus means sharing space with Him without any agenda other than spending time with Him, learning how to practice the spiritual discipline of silence, listening to His voice, and learning about His character through Scripture are all ways that we can be with Jesus. Where have you stopped being with God in order to do more for him? In this place of realizing that I am limited, I am human, I am weary, and may be battling burnout, God whispers, abide in my love. This soft, gentle reminder brings me back to the true source of life, and I am humbled as I remember to 
as I remember his love displayed through Jesus on the cross. Every time I think I'm so important to the mission of Jesus or think I need to be busier and do more to accomplish his will on earth, I overlook the cross. I forget my limited nature and convince myself I do not need what he has done for me. I grow hard-hearted, tired, and angry and don't even get to enjoy the life he died to give me. Instead of overlooking this truth and missing out on being with him, embrace your humanness and sit at the feet of our limited, of our limitless, powerful, loving God. Amen. Can I read a, a, like a two-minute quote, two-second yeah. quote? Yeah. It's not even two minutes. I'm looking at it right now on my board. It says, it's not our productiveness for God that counts. It is our worship, our time at his feet. It isn't our public life, the accolades and the well-dones and the applause of the world that matters. It is our silent, continuous reach for him in the places where no one is watching. It isn't our world changing that makes any difference. It is the way we let him change and shape our hearts to more reflect his. The only thing that matters is him, not what we do for him, but what, but that we know him. And that's a quote from Katie Majors wow. um, from her blog. But, you know, recently I was thinking back on all the people who have been influential, like all the, um, just the books I've read and the I guess the saints, you could call them. And I thought of three. And one was Mother Teresa. The other one was Katie Davis Majors. She's the one who wrote Kisses from Katie. And then the third one was A.W. Tozer in the book Pursuit of God. And what I realized that all three of them have in common is they all they all recognized what was most important. They all valued time with Jesus a million times percent over their ministry or what they did or the work that God had for them. They did not discredit that they were on this earth to do God's work, but what they held to a higher value was spending time at Jesus's feet. And those three people, Mother Teresa, A.W. Tozer, and Katie Davis Majors, all recognize the most important thing in life. And that's why they've been so influential to me and such an inspiration for me because I can be someone who is so caught up in what I need to do that when I read these people's um, works or their, you know, their books, their, their, um, the things that they've put out for the world to read, I just, I remember that I need to realign my heart with what's important, most important, and that's spending time at Jesus's feet. And, and that overrides any of the mind games that we play of like, I have to do this for Jesus, or I have to be this good, or I have to get this far in my Bible or, you know, X, Y, Z. Spending time at Jesus's feet, reminding yourself of the gospel will wipe that away from your thoughts. And yes, those thoughts will continually come back because we're not perfect people and, mm-hmm. and you know, our minds, we have to continually, continually be making sure our minds are renewed with the gospel. But when you keep coming back to that, man, does it just transform your life? Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Yep, that is interesting. I actually really, when you said that, I was like completely in awe, especially the last part. The only thing that matters is him, not what we do for him, but that we know him. And it almost like I read that and I feel like I'm about to grasp freedom. Like I feel like I'm touching freedom or I'm about to run into it. But then part of me is like, no, but like it still matters what you do. Like, you know him, but. And you know what's interesting is that we, just in our small group the other night, almost half the girls in our small group were talking about how they struggle with doing things and they didn't understand how they could get out of the mindset of doing things for God instead of just abiding in him. It's it's a disease. It's, it's a, a disease. disease. It is. But you know, it's it's a balance because James talks about Faith without works is dead. Yeah. So you have to be reminded that, yes. But I think it's it's the um it's the place that your heart puts it. Right. So when your heart puts doing things over spending time with the Lord and when you get those flipped, it's detrimental. It's detrimental. Um, I have a few scripture verses that I'm reminded of. And, you know, this is what's most important is reminding ourselves of, of the truth and um, one is Psalm 27. One thing I one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So that was huge. Like the one thing, the one thing I asked of the Lord. And even further on in that Psalm, it says, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. And that's a huge psalm. That has been a huge psalm in my life just because it says the one thing. And then Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And then... Even more so, the Mary and Martha story in, I think that one was in Luke, if I remember. I'm at my Bible right now, so give me grace. Here it is. I love this. Literally, Jesus says, 
But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, which is my life all the time. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Hmm. I love that. It literally anchors me. It literally says earlier in the passage, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Hmm distracted Mm -hmm. and so and that's the thing about striving is that it feels spiritual and it feels like you could easily convince yourself that that striving is a good thing just like how martha was serving and in her head that was like she convinced herself that that was so important that it trumped time with jesus which we do that all the time every day and the motivation might be, or, or the reason you do that might be how, how your thoughts have been corrupted, mm-hmm. you know, because it goes back to cognitive distortions right. and how, well, I mean, it, it ultimately goes back to our heart. It's like, what's, yeah. what is our heart desiring? Your heart, like your actions flow from your heart and even your thoughts, like you need to, you need to ask yourself, okay, why am I having these thoughts? Like, why Why do I think that I need to spend time with God in order for Him to love me? And once you start to delve through that, once you start to journal through that, you should journal through it and talk about it um, and pray about it and, like, ask yourself, okay, why Why do I feel like this? Like, why am I feeling guilty? Mm-hmm. Why? And, and you have to come back to, like, just giving that to the Lord and saying, help me, God. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you feel like you can relate to anything that we've said— don't feel like you're in a pit right now because God wants to take you out of this. And that that's the beauty of learning about cognitive distortions is that you learn about them so that you can catch yourself in the errors of your thinking. Whereas before, if you didn't learn about cognitive distortions, you might've been telling yourself all of these should statements and thinking that that, I mean, not even realizing that you're beating yourself up for it, but feeling like you had to, you have to be in a different place or you have to do this or you have to do that when the reality is we need to stop ourselves in those patterns of thinkings and turn to Jesus and ask him for help and his sufficient grace because really he he is the most important thing like he is the only thing that matters as Katie Major said I can't believe when you read me that quote can you read it again to close us out please yeah I was gonna say one more thing too um if for any of you who think maybe thinking, oh, I don't struggle with this, or maybe I do, maybe I don't, I really want to encourage you to, to think through these things because I remember even for me with my eating disorder, one of the big things that kept me binge eating was the thought, I'm too far gone, mm-hmm. or the thought, um, like, I'll never be skinny, mm-hmm. or I'll never be healthy again or I'll never like just those those cognitive distortions Mm -hmm. of of I'll never be good enough or I'm already stuck this far in the hole I've already messed up this many Mm -hmm. times I'm not even gonna try and and so and it just kept me in the same spot it kept me getting worse and worse Mm -hmm. and that's the power of our thoughts is Mm -hmm. is our thoughts can really drag us down it affects your emotions and it affects your behaviors it affects both of them yeah and so that's why i really want to encourage you um that if you if you're not sure what your thoughts are if you know you're pinpointing these thoughts please 
journal this through, pray through this, get a trusted friend or a trusted mentor or even a counselor and just really try to work through these things because thoughts have power. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know what? The Lord is is greater. The Lord is stronger. But you have to acknowledge these thoughts and, mm-hmm. and bring them to the Lord. So yeah, I'll end with this quote. It's not our productiveness for God that counts. It is our worship, our time at His feet. It isn't our public life, the accolades, and the well-dones, and the applause of the world that matters. It is our silent, continuous reach for Him in the places where no one is watching. It isn't our world-changing that makes any difference. It is the way we let Him change and shape our hearts to more reflect His. The only thing that matters is Him. Not what we do for Him, but that we know Him. And that is Katie Majors, Katie Davis Majors. She has a blog, so I'd encourage you guys to go look that up. She has a ministry. She's a missionary in Africa right now. She has an amazing book called Kisses from Katie, two amazing books. We're totally shouting her out randomly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she has honestly influenced my life in so many ways. I would, I would When I was working in the hair salon, I read her book and it changed my life. And I said, I want to be a missionary. I want to give my life to God now. So yeah, highly encourage you guys to check her out. But thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Once again, I hope it encouraged you guys. Um, and please, please, please remember that we come out with podcasts every single Monday. So we will be back here next Monday. And also, if you care, yes, we do have a YouTube channel, Coffee and Bible Time, our vlog channel, Coffee Girls, and we do have an Instagram, Coffee and Bible Time, and that we a try. website, and, and a blog. Oh, hello, hello. Apparently, we have so many things I can't even remember them. But yes, we do like to do a lot of encouragement on our Instagram. We do a lot of behind the scenes story work. So yeah, thank you for listening. Bye, guys.